Welcome to the Dose of Caesar, the podcast that runs experiments, explores new ways of thinking, and talks to the most interesting people that I've met around the world. And they're world travelers a lot of the times. Today, I have, I'm honored to have Tanji Seals on. And um, Tanji, I'm saying your name right, right? Yeah, yeah you are. I'm so scared of mispronouncing people's names. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Mine is a mouthful, so <laughs> it's okay. Gotcha. So a little intro on who Tanji Seals is. She is a lifestyle and personal finance writer and blogger. She is also an investor and a money nerd. In 2016, she earned her bachelor's degree in international relations and affairs from the University of Texas at Austin. Then in 2018, she earned her master's degree in finance. She went on to be a brand manager of for Beauty Boss Network. And uh, now she is a lifestyle and personal finance writer. Yeah. You can find her work at tangiseals.com. I first met Tangi when we both studied abroad in Cape Town, South Africa in 2016. It's um, incredible to reconnect with you uh, again all these years. I'm reconnecting with a lot of people through this podcast and I'm honored to have you on. Welcome, Tangi. Yay. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get back in touch. And yeah, I mean, South Africa, that was a life-changing experience for a honestly everybody who was on that trip so no yeah it, it's so nice to kind of have that shared experience with about other people and and I'm still in touch with some of the people that we went on the trip with so it's a great time for sure I, I you know I want to ask uh, right off the bat how did South Africa how did that trip change your life how was that a life-changing experience for you I think South Africa. So going to South Africa was not my first time traveling or even my first time going abroad, but there was something about like that trip that just like, I don't know. I feel like I was just like, for lack of a better word, like bitten by the travel bug. Like I'd gone before um, to other countries and and had a good time, but there was just something about going to South Africa. And I think because it's so scenic, like it's so pretty everywhere you go, it's just beautiful, whether it's cool buildings, whether it's the ocean, the mountains and the hills, just the geography of the place is so beautiful. And I just remember thinking, this is amazing. I never want to leave this place. And ever since then, I was just like, I I'm in love with traveling. I want to go somewhere all the time. I always want to see a new part of the world and, and do something different, but it just really made me fall in love with, with, exploring new places because it was one of the most beautiful places that I've ever, honestly, it it probably is still geographically the most beautiful place I've ever been to. So it's just a beautiful place. Wow. You've, and, and do you remember a view, this was going to be one of my questions later on, but I'll just ask it now. Is there a view that took your breath away? Is there one that's like seared into your head or several maybe? Yeah, probably several, but probably the first is I remember um, coming from the airport and driving to where we were staying, I think it was called the Mojo Hotel, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hotel Mojo oh, or something God. like that. And um, I still just remember seeing, and I don't remember which, at this point, I don't know which mountains are which. We got to the point where we could eat. We were like, oh, that's Sable Mountain. That's Lion's Head. And, yeah. you know, we see the difference. But I want to say it, I want to I say it was Lion's Head. And we're like on the highway. And I was just like, look at this huge mountain. It's so breathtakingly gorgeous. And I just remember just feeling so captivated because it was a long flight. I mean, I, I flew from, yeah. I think I flew out of Dallas or Austin. I'm not sure, but long layover in London. And then mm-hmm. from London to Cape Town, like it was, it was the, the travel, the, the airplane part is not as the least 
favorite for me in terms of traveling. So it was just kind of like a really long flight. You're tired. You want to get power. You're hungry. You just don't feel great. And then like it takes forever to get your luggage and then to get in the shuttle. It's just like you're, you know, for a few hours, you're like, okay, this ship is not so much fun because it's all about the grunt work. And then I just remember, you know, being in the shuttle and pulling up on, on this mountain just and just being like, mesmerized at just how beautiful the scenery and just you know a lot of people we who live in cities we see a city skyline and we're like oh that's so pretty all those buildings and it's like no the skyline is is mountains and you know oh yes so it was just nice just like driving down the highway and i see lots of you know homes and residential areas and all all this different all this different stuff to the side of me and then i look straight and it's just this huge gorgeous mountain and i was like yeah i'm coming back here and hadn't even experienced the place yet i didn't know if i was gonna hate it or what but i was like yeah i gotta come back here this is this is wow. gorgeous is, is that where so you said is that where you caught the tra- travel bug because i wanted to ask do you remember when you where you caught the travel bug when was it because that wasn't your first time abroad yeah yeah it, so it was definitely probably when i came back from south africa you know whenever you um well, when I, for me, at least whenever mm-hmm. I travel abroad, like so many things are happening, you're adjusting to so many things, your mind's kind of always going and you're never really resting. And then you, when I come home, I'm almost like unpacking mentally and unpacking yeah. my experiences and how I felt and what I've learned and, you know, reflecting on what I took away from it. And it was when I came back that I was like, no, I have to, I got to go back. I got to get back there. Like, why am I home? I I need to get back to South Africa. And then I started to reminisce and miss Mm -hmm. all the places I'd been, the other places I'd been. But I was like, no, this needs to be a part of my life. Like at least every year I want to be going somewhere internationally and just making it, um, just, just something that an experience that just enriches who you are, because I think most people who travel abroad, um, even if you go for, I don't know, a week or two, right on a vacation, mm-hmm. it still enriches your life. And I don't think we always realize it in the moment. We don't realize how much we're taking in. Um, but it's, it's just cool to come back and to meet someone and, and they've been there too, or you have this shared experience. Oh, with yes, it's the best. Or- at a, a randomly at a restaurant and then you guys are just vibing on, you know, that, that shared experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was when I got back though from South Africa that I was able to really reflect on how like wonderful, how amazing of a time that I had there. And I was like, this, this is what I, I want. I want this feeling all the time. Like I didn't want it to be like a one and done. It's something I remember from, oh, back when I was in college, I went on that one trip and it was the great. The glory like, days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, the glory days don't have to be always, people always talk about them like kind of in hindsight. And I'm like, no, these, your glory days can can still, I think they can still last. They can still go on. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that person who, and maybe I'm just getting old and, and trying to hang on to it, but I believe that you can still have that. I don't think that that has to be something that you close the chapter on. I completely agree. I was just telling my friend actually yesterday, which is crazy that you say that. I was we, I actually used the word glory days. I was like, these are the glory days, bro. They're, my glory days are every day. Like this is an adventure every day. I am, for me, what I took about from study abroad, what I took away from study abroad is that your entire life can be like a study abroad. And, and how, for me, if I were to describe it, a study abroad, it's it's a complete adventure. You're in a new place with new people. And you're so curious about everything. But what I discovered is that, you know, that's a mentality that you can bring with you home. And I'm wondering what, when you reflected on, on the lessons that you learned from study abroad, what, like, what did you learn about yourself? What new philosophies did you pick up? 
Yeah. So I think, so I, I grew up, I'm the youngest of four Mm -hmm. and my, there's a, a pretty good age gap between me and my three siblings. So I've always been kind of like, and I still am called the baby Um, and and kind of thought of as like, okay, she needs, and I don't know why I'm smarter than all of them, but uh, whatever. (laughs) I love it. I love the comment. It's just like, I don't know. In my mind, I guess, because my family just, because as a kid, it's like, oh, she's the baby or she's the baby sister. She needs help with this or she needs her hand help with that. I think people always thought of me as like, in my family, at least as like someone who couldn't really do a whole lot or maybe Mm -hmm. who wasn't um, very capable. And so I started to believe those things to be true about myself as well. And so I remember my first time, um, actually my first time going abroad was actually on a high school trip, um, to really? Italy, but of course, cause it's wow. high school, everyone's minors, they do take really good care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was still a lot, you know, a lot of handholding and it needed to be then. Um, but I went to, um, when I went to Brazil, which is my first study abroad trip at UT, it was, um, I was kind of, I was nervous because it was my first time doing something like that by myself. And my mm-hmm. family doesn't really, they don't really travel much and certainly not internationally. So like, they're kind of nervous. And then they're like, oh my God, she's clueless. She doesn't, she's not going to know what she's doing. Like they're all nervous for me, which is making me more nervous. And then, um, just kind of going there and being able to, you know, get myself settled and, and, and navigating things. And, and, and as you know, and other people who have studied abroad, you are, even though you are going with your school and your school does have your back and you are with your peers, you're still very much on your own and responsible for yourself yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. And so it was actually really nice for me. Um, the first time I studied abroad because I got, I, I felt like I gained a lot of independence and um, became a lot more secure like with myself and with my ability to just kind of want to navigate myself internationally in places where I don't really know the language sometimes. Um, and um, just bringing that back to the States mm-hmm. with me, you know, I mean, if I can go get lost in some country and still figure out how to communicate, even though I, you know, I don't speak the language and yes. I don't know where I am and everything else. And I can still get myself back home safe and sound. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I can handle a whole lot of things here at home in the States. And it just kind of gave me a lot of confidence that I can, I'm, I'm capable. Right. And then I'm able oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Don't have to be that hard. So yeah, it was my first time. Um, and I know college age too, that's when most of us are coming into our own and we are kind of unsure of ourselves and unsure of a lot of things and sometimes that confidence there is lacking even though college students seem really confident but I don't think that most are yet because you're you're figuring life out um but yeah it definitely did it it just kind of gave me a boost of confidence and and let me know that I could I can do it you know I can I can I can handle it yeah yeah no it's uh I I had a similar experience where I mean you're you're forced to kind of figure things out in certain situations where you're like um, I don't know. There's no easy way out. The only way to, uh, the only way out is to figure it out. Like there's only yeah. one way, like you, the language thing, like you got to figure out how to get from point A to point B without speaking the language and you right. figure it out and you're like, Oh, I'm capable. Or like you said, I'm, I'm capable of doing things that I haven't even thought about. Yeah. 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 And it gives you so much more confidence to to, to do other things in your life that maybe seem small, like starting a podcast that might mm-hmm. seem scary and it might seem like, oh, I'm yeah. not good enough for this. Or you may have doubts, you may have fears, but you're like, well, hell, I was scared of that other stuff too. And I figured it out and I made it happen. So why can't I do, you know, try this, mm-hmm. try this new thing in my life. And so I think it made me more open one to wanting to travel and just made me more open to saying yes to new experiences, even if I 
didn't really know what I was getting into completely, but just trying something new. And, and a lot of times trying things new, it, it works out and, and, and you, you get, get a whole new um, kind of enriching life experience out of that. So yeah. I think it causes you to say yes to a lot more because it's kind of an obstacle. You're like, oh, this is scary. I've never been there. I've heard this about that place or I read about this one story and that sounded dangerous. And I, I don't, you know, like you have all mm-hmm. these, all this stuff going on. So sometimes it's a, it's a big yes. It's a big thing to agree to. And so when you've had a lot of resistance and you said yes, and you've had some challenges there, but you overcame them all, you're like, hell, I can do anything. You know, I can, I can handle, um, even it's it challenges that seem small back home and, and just in my career and relationships in life in general. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a good experience for all for everyone to travel at every age, but especially when you're young, because I think it does give you a boost of, of confidence, which you definitely need to have um, just for yourself and just for dealing with people out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, I consider it like a leap of faith, you know, kind of like for a lot of people, because it's so scary, but it pays off so good. It pays off so good. Right. Which um, then you have that in the back of your head. And I've, I've thought about it so many times because when we were in South Africa, I bungee jumped and I think of that bungee jump often. I'm like, oh my God, like this is like another bungee jump. Uh-huh. And then I'm just, I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to live with regret because I'm, I'm going to do it. Like if the, if the, if the consequences of my decision aren't going to be irreversible, like I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I would regret not doing it. Yeah. Um, you start living more, I think, uh, truly to yourself, which is, it's scary because you, you keep on facing fears, but I think it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. It's super fun. And then you also don't, I personally, I keep saying you don't want to be, but, but personally though, I don't want to ever be that person who's like, I don't know when I'm 90 and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have yes. booked that flight to su- such and such place. And wow, I really wish I would have tried that one experience that I was too afraid of. Like, I don't want any of that. And, and honestly last year and, and still some of this year, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and, and having so many, um, so much freedom kind of taken away from us. And it needed to be, I'm, I'm not saying that, mm. you know, that it was bad, but it, it needed to be, but yeah, being not being able to go to restaurants for several yeah. months, you know, something that you don't even, you don't even think twice about. And I was, I canceled, I was actually supposed to be in Barcelona. Um, the week that COVID was wow. registered as a, um, pandemic? I, th- I, th- I think it was actually just considered an epic. No, it was registered as a pandemic at that point. It was that week. And my family, we were going together actually. And it was, I was so excited because for a lot of them, it was going to be their first time. Oh, wow. And so we planned this trip. It was great. We found great flight deals. It was, it was awesome. And we were like pumped. We figured out all the things we wanted to do. Like we, we were like, it was set and we're watching the news and kind of reading and it's kind of like, okay, well, this COVID thing, this coronavirus, I don't know, let's watch it, let's figure it out. And and then um, a few weeks later, it, COVID was really bad in Spain and Italy at that time, like last March. And so we were just like, yeah, it's not going to work out. And, and we were happy that we stayed because they actually closed the borders. Like the weekend that we, we would have left, they closed the borders and it was people were having a hard time coming home. So I'm glad that we stayed, but I am just like, wow, we, we missed out on what would have been a really great experience. And we're still going to go. We still want to go. But I was like, I feel like I was like, something was taken away from me. Like I was really sad about it because we were really looking forward to it. And I finally got my family to do something that was outside of 
the, the comfort zone for a lot of them too. And yeah, it was supposed to be a big deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was taken away from me. And, you know, not being able to go out to restaurants, not being able to, you know, see some family members, you know, I just felt like we all, all it was it was a moment of collective suffering and we all had to give up a lot and we all missed out on a lot mm. and it just made me even more gung-ho to say yes to things yeah and no, yeah you, you don't want to miss out yeah it's it's like it's the contrast you know it's like you don't uh, appreciate some of the things we do we don't appreciate them as much until they're taken away you know, mm-hmm. or it's similar to when you go abroad, you kind of get to see how lucky you are to be in the United States yeah. with all the things that you have. And we saw that at the townships in South Africa, you know, and it's it's like um, so this experience of the of, of the pandemic of having to stay home and not having um, any freedom to go anywhere, I think uh, for me um, made me really appreciative of uh, when I do have the time to like be able to go anywhere and, and, and made me think, what, what do I want to do with my time? You know, and made me kind of, uh, my, my belief of like, that I want to be my own boss and that I want to work for myself, you know, just, it, it became even deeper. Cause I was like, yes, like I, I want control of my time because, um, really, I, I yeah, it, it's just, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's, is that a millennial <laughs> thing? Is that a, I've, Totally. Yeah, we're we're spoiled, so they say. But <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I think it's great that a lot of us do have really independent and kind of entrepreneurial, even even creative spirits. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of great things that come out of that. And honestly, I think that the millennial generation has kind of even changed the corporate workforce for better mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like in what ways? And and honestly, part of this is too. COVID, not that the pandemic was good, but still some good things that have come out of it. But um, because millennials, even pre-pandemic, we are a a bunch. um, And even Gen, what is it? Z? Z, That's after? Yeah. I don't know. I was X, Y, Z. I I don't know. (laughs) I just know it's like at the end, (laughs) somewhere at the end of that alphabet. But yeah, millennials and Gen Z, one thing that we do kind of have in common is that we do really value kind of lifestyle happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that work, I was having a conversation with someone um, the other day and we were talking about how a lot of companies are um, that are going back into the office. Well, some are not going back into the office at all. And a lot of doing hybrid scheduling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you have kind of a, a tech savvy generation and, and Gen Z too. So two generations who are, kind of, you know, in the workforce, we're pretty tech savvy and we do make up a large portion of, the, the workforce right now in the yeah. United States and they're tech savvy. So it's like working from home. Yeah, there were challenges, but a lot of people, young people kind of took to it. Well, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. zoom. Wasn't this weird thing that no one knew how to operate <laughs> and setting up your own computer and just doing all the, the, the technology things that were involved. You know, a lot of younger people knew how to do it and thrived at home at working at home. And so I think that I've seen, I have friends who are like, well, yeah, I kind of made a proposal for my job to say, hey, I want to continue working from home and here's why. And it's worked out. I know some who are going to hybrid scheduling and things like that. But I think it's because our group, we we like that independence. We want to be able to do our own thing, even if working a corporate job. But, you know, we were hustling during, during those work from home days. And so yeah. I'm seeing more companies who are like, OK, well, I guess this can work. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it's a thing and, and we'll save the money and you don't have to come into the office or I'll let you stay home three days a week. And so I think it's something that's kind of 
worked for the long run. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the, I know we get, we get a lot of flack as a millennial generation, but a lot of the things that people kind of don't like about us are the things that I think are our strengths. And I think that's why we're a, a creative group for the most part. So I think, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really excited that a lot of my friends now have like remote jobs. It's awesome to see like, you know, they get to work from wherever they want and um, makes me a little jealous too. I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should, I should get like a corporate job now. Yeah, It's, it's interesting too. Yeah. It's like, what, that's a thing now. <laughs> like that's an option. I, yeah. it, it, it's so cool. I um, have some trips planned later this year mm-hmm. and um, on one of the trips, one of the people I'm going with, he's like, He's like, well, he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll take off Thursday, Friday. And he's like, wait a minute. I work from home. They actually don't even have to know I'm on, I'm, I'm on the town. I'm like, that's true. That's so awesome. Do your work, do enough work and then wake up early, work for a couple hours, make them think you've done your work and really you're on vacation. And, and it's nice to have that flexibility and, and that freedom. And um, yeah, it, it, it was one of the silver linings I think that definitely came out of the pandemic I I think it would have taken us at least another decade to kind of get to where we are in the work from home revolution had we not had something that forced us to stop socializing in Mm -hmm. in in large scale I think what you did you said you wrote a proposal right to your to your job is that what you said one of my one of my friends did so with my what I've been up to lately I've actually my sister owns a health clinic and Uh which she started during the pandemic. Um, and oh, wow. so I've been doing all of her operational and business administration. That's stuff. awesome. Yeah. It, it's really neat. So I've been able to work from home cause she's my sister and I'm like, look, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not leaving the house unless I want to. So she has to put up with it. But um, yeah, one of my friends just wrote a proposal, her job, they wanted them to go back into the office and she wrote a proposal as to why she thinks she should stay home and, you know, how, kind of made a case for how she's more productive at home mm-hmm. and and they were like cool stay <laughs> stay that's fine stay home that's, here. that's so awesome yeah yeah it's awesome and so I definitely encourage anyone who who is kind of in that situation to to ask and try um yeah it's it's closed mouths don't get fed <laughs> my mom always told me so if you want something you got to ask for it I know um I, I don't know if you've ever read the the four-hour work week uh by Tim Ferriss but it's you have yes yeah but it's like the whole yeah it's like the whole that's the whole like idea of the book you know the whole before the pandemic I mean you know you everybody was working in offices and and he was kind of like the idea is kind of like to get yourself into a position where you're at least remote you're working remotely or you're working for yourself and his idea was to write a kind of like begin slowly begin with one day remote then two then keep it going but now that people have been working the entire time in the pandemic. I just, as you were saying this, I was like, oh my God, this whole Tim Ferriss thing is like perfect because you can make a case so easily. Like I've been working from home for like three months. I think I'm more productive now. Yeah, yeah. And some people I know it's been over a year and it's like, look, if I've been able to work from home successfully for a year and you haven't fired me, Mm -hmm. clearly you're happy with my performance. So why not let me stay? You know, and and so it's just like, just let me stay home. And I think it's, I think it's great. I think, um, Sorry, my chair is squeaking. If that's no, no worries. No. <laughs> if that's really yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it it's great, and I think that millennials again because we do really value having um, work life balance. I know some people say it doesn't exist, but I I I do. I think that 
one, if you love the work that you do, then you do have that balance. And, mm-hmm. and then if you at least just have that boundary to where you, you make it a point to really um, enjoy your life, then you will, you will have those things. But I think because we, we are not really a group that wants to work um, 16 hour days mm-hmm. regularly. We're not a group that wants to kind of do, do the same work for, for too long. And then it goes unrecognized and we're not progressing and things like that. So we tend to be pretty vocal about what we want. And um, I, I know someone who, and their job has been having conversations about, are we going back into the office or not? And he said that the most, most of the people who are saying like, no, I want to say, most of them want to stay home, first of all. And he said, most of the people who are actually speaking up about wanting to stay home and why they think they should are people who are probably about 35 and under. And he's like a lot of the older people though, they're, they're senior, they've been there longer. And it's like, they're keeping their mouths shut. And I think I, I, and we're kind of familiar enough with that generation, right? Maybe like our parents or, and maybe a a little bit, a little bit beyond, but it's, they kind of grew up at a time where it's like, well, just go get a job, get a job that pays you well. Even if you hate it, even if your boss is mean to you, even if they make you work these long hours and you're miserable, just go do it. And so I think sometimes there are certain generations that are like, okay, I'm just going to accept this as what it is. And our group, we're like, well, let me see if I can negotiate and make it what I want it to be. And I think that there's, there's a lot of power in that and being able to do that. Yeah. I feel like we're moving towards that, like that becoming the norm where everybody's just kind of working for themselves or like, uh, are kind of like remote because of technology and everything. What do you think about the future of like work? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people I know are working for themselves full time or in some capacity. Um, I've been doing like finance writing mm-hmm. and, and coaching people with their finances and with money um, on my own. And then my sister started a business because she was a nurse working in New York when COVID, when New York was the epicenter. And those nurses were making a lot of money, by the way, a whole lot of money. And so she was able to come and and launch a clinic here in Dallas. And she's been super busy with that. And it's like, hey, I need you to come help me get that going. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I was able to, you know, I I had the the time and I was, I was like, yeah, fine. Sure. I was able to go do that. And, um, I know a lot of other people who are, you know, working full time or even do, I'm sorry, working for, working for themselves full time, um, or even doing like various contract roles. Like I know people who will, you know, they'll take on a contract working with one company for like four months in one state and then find a contract and go do something else in like another state. And so maybe it's not that consistency that's traditional that you're used to with maybe a corporate job, but, and they're not, technically a corporate employee because they're doing contract work, but they're having steady income. They're still Mm -hmm. kind of working on their own terms because they're working as they want. And I think we're going to see more of that. I also think that companies are seeing the value in hiring freelancers and contractors part-time. And I think that they are realizing not everybody has to be a full-time employee. Um, For instance, with writers, like I've had, um, I've been able to write blog posts for different companies. Like they don't need to hire an in-house writer. They just source it to freelance writers and, and, and pay you in that way. So I think even more companies are realizing that they can utilize freelancers. Maybe they don't need an in-house social media team. Maybe they can outsource some stuff to a, you know, a freelance social media manager for six months on a contractual basis. And then, you know, everybody parts ways whenever that's over. So I think there are a lot more opportunities for people who don't um, maybe want that traditional, um, nine to five, eight to five 
corporate job. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot more options than there used to be. And I think that even people who do work corporately, I know lots of people who work corporately that still have something going on on the side and, and, and that's kind of what they're building up. And maybe one day that's what they'll transition into. Or even if it's actually, I have a corporate job and I like my job and now they're going to let me work from home part-time. So I'll work on my side hustle and keep my job and make that money and also make money from my side hustle. And, you know, now I'm just balling. So I I like that there are so many options to um, just live, right? There's so many options to make money and support whatever kind of lifestyle that you want. And I think that we're going to continue to see, to see more of that. And even, you know, tech companies have, even though they're always kind of ahead, you know, they've even kind of ramped up with supporting remote work and, you know, working from anywhere. And so it's just a lot easier to do that now. And we have the technology. Now everyone knows how even even people who are, I don't know, 100-year-old grandmas are working Zoom now and doing it like <laughs> pros. So, you know, we can all do this now. So I think we'll continue to see more of that. And 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 also too, if you think of corporate companies that just want to save the money. They don't mm-hmm. want as much overhead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Things small can... businesses, hey, everyone stay home. I don't have to pay rent in that office space anymore and you know, now I'm keeping more money in for my business. So yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's going to stop or slow down anytime soon. Even once we get through the pandemic, I think we'll still see the work from home revolution, you know, continue to power forward. Oh yeah. I completely agree. Do you, do you do, um, give financial advice to, um, often to people who want to do like, they want to be their own bosses or they want to be like freelancers. Do you, yeah. Or, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to, well, before I started working with my sister, that's what I was doing almost exclusively and just writing, um, part-time. And then now I've been writing more and doing a lot of work with my sister and we'll see how long that lasts. She doesn't want me to take vacation days. And I was like, excuse me, excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. She's like, family doesn't need vacation. I was like, this is whatever, but I digress. But, um, Yes, I I did because Mm -hmm. I knew a lot of people who I would just get messages from people who were like, hey, I want to start doing this on the side or I want to start making extra money and I want to figure out how to get this started and I don't know how. And so it just started with me just sharing my own experiences, even though I stumbled into a lot of stuff, Um, kind of like you said, just by trying, right? Just trying something new. It makes you a little bit scared, but you put yourself out there and you do it and some things work and some things don't. And you learn to perfect the things that do work. And so um, not even directly looking for people who were trying to maybe um, go into working for themselves, Mm -hmm. but that's usually the, those are the people who are um, I think the most like motivated to seek out help. And so I think those are a lot of the people that I ended up working with because Anyone that's like, I need more out of life. I need more out of life. Those are the people who are always going to ask questions and ask people to help them get there. So that, that's, yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who have those desires. What what advice do you give them? Like, what's the, like the first step? If like somebody comes to you and they're like, Tanji, I, I want to uh, start doing like some freelance work, but I don't know how to get started. What do you, uh, what do you advise them to do? One, figure out what type of freelance work it is. Because some people will say, I want to do freelance work. I'm like, you can freelance anything. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can freelance write or do photography. Right, or right. So you got to narrow it down. Exactly, exactly. And then mm-hmm. so once you know what you do want to do, I always say, just ask the people who you know, if they have some sort of use for that. So let's say um, your passion is hair or even photography. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, 
you know, people who want to get their hair done or people who want nice photos taken of wow. them. Yeah. Start, start I, locally. I, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I've utilized freelance photographers a, a lot. And, and so, yeah, it's just like ask people around you because there's probably people who, you know, whose names are in your, whose contacts are in your phone or in your, your email, mm-hmm. um, your email list right now who probably need the service that you offer. Um, I actually have an example. So I okay. have a friend who does have a job and wants to get into real estate developing and has done, has done some of that work. And I was like, okay, I'll be a Guinea pig kind of at his, him kind of pushing me, but I was also curious and I was like, okay, sure. Fine. I'll do this. Um, I love investing and I'm passionate about real estate. Honestly, though, I know way more about the the market than I do about the real estate market. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I want some help from someone who knows a lot about real estate and who's making money with real estate. And so I'm like, yeah, help, help me, help me do that. Just, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I actually, just this morning, actually, um, went to drop off my option fee and earnest money at the title company. Um, cause I, my offer was accepted on, on a deal that I'm working on, but he, he walked me through it. Cause he's like, I, you know, I want to do real estate development. I don't feel confident yet marketing what I do just to the masses, to some stranger. And so he's just been working with friends and walking them through that process of, um, maybe building homes and selling them or buying homes, flipping them, selling them, just any type of real estate and investment. And he's really good at it, has a knack for it. And I don't, (laughs) I don't, and I don't want to do that research, but I'm interested and I love money and I always want to make more. And so, yeah, he's actually been walking me through this entire process. So it was literally like two weeks ago, two weeks and two days or so ago, this Mm -hmm. wasn't even something I was about to do. So in two weeks, it went like, I, he told me where to buy, told me why to buy, told me what to build, how much money I'll make by well, what it would cost to build, how much I'll make when I sell and, and what lender options I have, what realtor options I have, all of that. Like he did that for me. And so in two weeks I went from like, like not even really having any real estate things on the time horizon to having an offer accepted yesterday and dropping off my option fee and earnest money today and looking to close in about three weeks. And because someone helped me and all he did was say, Hey friends, I know how to do this thing. I Mm want to do it professionally, but I need to get some experience and get my feet wet. And he reached out to friends and we're like, hell yeah, help me out. So yeah, always just try, try. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) For for him, I'm like, you're brilliant. And then for me, because it's going to be really, it's lucrative, really lucrative. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the the time and energy that I would have put into it, it would have taken me probably a year to get where he got me in two weeks. And same thing, like if you are a great photographer, Maybe there's a, maybe, you know, a new mom and new moms, they're obsessed with their babies and they want great pictures. The new mom maybe doesn't want to learn how to take fantastic photos. She maybe doesn't want to go buy a $2,000 camera and take a class and learn about presets and whatever. Maybe she just wants to pay you 300 bucks to take cute pictures of her baby. And you know, that she'll have for the rest of her life. Ask the people around you first, because I guarantee there are people who, you know, that have a need for whatever it is that you have to offer. And then with that, you have some testimonials, you have some, you know, some client results really to work with. And then it makes it a lot easier to go to, you know, a stranger and say, Hey, um, Mr. Jones, I'm this great photographer. And, um, I don't know, maybe you were charging your friends and family 
let's say 150 bucks per session. And maybe to Mr. Jones, now that you have some experience, you're good at it and you have some testimonials, you're charging him 500 bucks to take his kids graduation photos or something. But you have that social proof to support it. So I always say, just like start with the people around you. I know people try to like, oh my gosh, what I need a website and Facebook ads and on all this stuff that costs like a whole lot of money. And I'm like, I don't think you need to do that to start. Yeah, that's that's all yeah. from my own experience. That's that's all a waste of time. We've all made that mistake. It's okay. We we've all made that mistake. Right. You, you start with the website because you think you need the website, but really what you need is just to get the customer, the first customer. You just need to go do it. Yeah, you just need to go do it. <laughs> like do the it. website and stuff comes as a result of like, all right, this works. We need like a place where more people can come and right, money. absolutely. Yeah. And if you start with that, you're gonna change your mind. If yeah. You're going to start with that. You're going to put all this work into it, or you're going to hire somebody and spend all this money doing it. Then you're going to get into your thing, whatever it is. And then your taste will change as you get more experience. What you like is going to change. And then you're going to be like, damn it, I don't like this website anymore. Now yeah. I have to do it again and spend all these hours changing it or pay <laughs> someone else to get. Like, just don't even. Just don't yes, even. Yes. It, it's like, it's, it just gives you it's just a barrier to, it's just an excuse to procrastinate. Like it yep. seems like a good idea, <laughs> but it's not. Agree. Agree. Cause you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're getting somewhere, but you're not. It's yeah. like uh like you feel like you're confusing like the motion with like, uh, mo- you're not really moving anywhere, but Absolutely. Um, um, how did you become uh, a, per- a finance writer? Like for how, how did, when you graduated from UT, how did you go uh, from graduating from UT to working as a, a blogger? and writer or what, how would you describe your title? By accident, by accident. That's good. I don't even, honestly, sometimes I don't even know what my title should be. That's why I like to call myself just a money nerd. I just like all things money, to be honest, um, in a perfect world, or maybe what I'm trying to transition more into and why real estate has become a bigger, um, interest of mine Mm -hmm. and why I'm trying to do it at larger scales than I was before is because I'd like to just, it sounds like silly. I've never said this out loud because it sounds stupid, but I just want to invest. Like I just want to live off of whatever money I've invested. So maybe I sold, uh, maybe I'm Mm -hmm. building and selling homes and that's my income. and, And, and that's what I, live on, um, investing in the market. Like that's kind of my retirement, my future money, Mm -hmm. or maybe the money that I even pass down to my kids. But yeah, I just want to make money from investing and real estate investing. And, but I do like smart. It doesn't sound stupid at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's I don't know. To me, it just sounds, it sounds silly. Cause it's like, what? Like, I don't, even to myself, sometimes I'm like, I don't get it. What am I talking about? So we'll see how this, this current deal turns out. Cause this will be the biggest thing I've done and fingers crossed all works out. And I'm just going to rinse and repeat over and over again. Oh, that's but, awesome. um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, I just started kind of just writing on my own and really anyone that wants to be a freelance writer, mm-hmm. I will say, yes, go start the website just so that you can even have your own space where you write. and. It, it, it sounds silly, but people will find it. I don't know how, I don't know how they find you, but people will find you. So I just started writing just on my own, my own platform about a lot of my own experiences with money and just mistakes I made. Like I said, I've stumbled into everything I do has kind of been a happy accident. It's just like kind of fallen into it, but I enjoy like writing and talking and especially about money. And so I would just write about money. and. Um, 
like you'll one day you'll, you'll check your email and there will be someone from this large kind of large publication who says, Hey, do you want to um, write this article for me? And you, you kind of an exchange for payment or, Hey, do you want to? Wow. Uh, yeah, it happens. That's how, it that's happens. how it happened. Like it some, happens. Yeah, somebody had, just emailed you like, do you want to write for us? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've had several, several publications that do that. And it's just, you're just like, huh? Like, how did that happen? Or I haven't written anything in, like, in a month. What is that? But as long as you're putting work out there and making people, letting people know one that is out there. So whether that's your, you like to use Twitter a lot. And so you share your own blog post that you write on your own website that you think nobody, but your mom reads, still share them, share them and mm-hmm. let people see them. Because as long as you're, you're putting it out there, someone's going to see it. And sometimes the right people will see it. And, and yeah, like I said, just, just happy accident, but you do have to put yourself out there. And I think that's the hardest part because it's really nerve wracking. Cause you feel like you're going to like be critiqued. And I guess in some ways you are like someone's reading it and they're thinking this is good or this is bad, or, you know, I like the style or I don't. Um, but, but you still have to put yourself out there and, and, and try. And then also, this is another kind of side note for freelance writers. There are lots of opportunities to on Twitter, like to pitch. I've seen lots of different Mm. publications who were like, Hey, I'm looking for freelance writers to write about, um, this, topic and sometimes they'll even tell you how much they're paying per post. Um, so yeah, that's a great place to look at. I know a lot of people like to write and want more writing jobs. And I know a lot of people also say like, oh, you can't make any money in that. And, and you, you can, you can do pretty well in my opinion. Wow. That's incredible. Like that, that's, that sounds so interesting even to me. Like I, like I want, I want to do that now. That's, that's yeah. crazy. No. Yeah, you should. And we'll talk more about it. You absolutely should. Especially if you, anyone that's just a creator, a, a creative, and, and you like to share um, the work that you do. I think as long as you share it, someone's going to find it. Someone's going to find it interesting. And there's always opportunities that, that come into people finding you. And um, even, even the a deal that I did, it wasn't writing for them. It was a video, but I was checking my email one day and, um, and I'll say their name because it's on my Instagram, but mm-hmm. uh, Pop Sugar, who's a, a I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got an email from Pop Sugar, and they're under, and for people who don't know, they're under the same umbrella or owned by the same parent company as like Thrillist and Now This. And Pop Sugar tends to be they, they kind of, I'd say like 95% of their readers or viewers or followers are women. So most men probably don't know what it is. But um, yeah, I got an email just from them one day. They're like, hey, do you want to? work with us and um, partner on this, you know, collaboration with Robin Hood. And it was weird. I thought, I thought it was fake. I was like, what, what is this? I did. I didn't, you know, like I didn't do anything to, to, to make that happen, but just by sharing. Wow. Just by putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just by putting my own experiences out there. Like people will find you and then it might be like, Hey, I want to like, I don't know, using you as an example. Hey, we want to have a short video on, they say short video, but it takes like five hours to film, even though we like (laughs) it takes forever. Hey, we want to do a short video about, um, you know, millennials traveling abroad and, you know, working for themselves and we want to pay you this much money. Do you want to do it? Can we send over the contract? Can you do it next week? And you're just like, uh, I sure I get sure. Yeah, that sounds great. I want to make some money and yeah, like even though that next week doesn't work for me, but I'll make it work because this is a really cool opportunity that just fell in my lap. But those things happen. But I think that 
if you're someone who's wanting to do something and you're hesitating about it and you're doubting yourself and, you know, each year is going by and you're like, damn, I wish I would have started two years ago. Dang it. I should have started last year. Wow. I wish I would have started. And eventually you just kind of don't do it. You don't even know what you're missing out on by, by hesitating, you know? Oh, yeah. Do it, do it. Even no, if you yeah. think it's silly, even if you think no one's watching or no one cares, just do it because you don't know. First of all, it's not going to hurt you to try. And you don't know what opportunities are out there waiting for you whenever you're keeping all of your wonderful, brilliant ideas to yourself. Yeah. Scott Adams, um, the creator of the cartoon uh, Dilbert, it was like a, in, in newspapers, uh, he wrote a book called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Went Big. And I read it. And have you read it? No, I have not, but I've heard the name. I've heard of that book. So now I have to check it out. Oh, it's so good because it's, he talks about the idea of, um, increasing your surface area for luck to land on you. And, um, he talks about how, like, uh, the more you do, so let's say you're a content creator, the more content you put out there, it's like, you're increasing the chances that people are going to find it. The more people you talk to, you're increasing the chances of whatever relationship you want, whether it's a professional relationship or romantic relationship, but you have to like do stuff because the more you do, it's not about the result. It's about continuing to do it. Cause then in the book, he talks about having systems, which is a system is where you do as something every day, like the same thing every day. And you're focusing on just doing it every day, not the goal, because you're trying to increase your surface area for luck to land on. Because he says a lot of success is quote unquote luck. Like you don't know where it comes from. It just kind of like lands on your lap and you got to just open yourself up like a huge target so that more of those things can land on you. And, um, and, and then recently I've, I've really come to embrace this, like, let's just keep doing podcasts because yeah. I've, I think all creators go through this. I went through this of like, I'm scared to share my podcast with people, but that was before the more you do it, you're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> like there's a yeah. new fear. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, whatever. If people <laughs> like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I'm just going to do it. Oh, well. And then you reach this point where you're just kind of like in the learning process where you're like, how do I get better? How do I get better at interviewing? How do I get better at conversation? Maybe for you, it was how do I get better at writing and, and or like talking about my experiences? But you reach this point where it becomes more about how do I get better at this thing that I'm doing and how can I do more of it? Because each repetition makes me better. But absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was actually really well said. He should like pay for promoting that book. You, you, your synopsis of it. I'm just like, oh my God, I got to go get it. Oh, you should get <laughs> it. No, you should get yeah. it. It's one of my I'm favorite check books. That out. I'm it's amazing. gonna check that out. I'm How always looking for new, new yeah. books to to add to to my list. So, um, no, I'll definitely go read that. That's awesome. And but but I think there's there's got to be so much truth in that. Again, just like so keep if you keep doing something, something's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Like if you keep doing things, something is gonna happen to you and work out in your favor. If you're not doing anything, nothing will happen. And it's just like it sounds like almost silly to, to say it's like, okay, well, well, duh. And, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Duh. If you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen the way you want it to. If you are, you know, you're just, you're, you're kind of frozen in time. And again, you're just keeping all those ideas and all the things that you maybe want that you maybe want to do and the, the business you may want to start mm -hmm. or the blog or the podcast or um, whatever, even the painting you want to paint, whatever it is, if you're keeping that all inside, then nothing will happen as a result of it. Cause you're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. it. Something's going to happen. Good. You know, something's going to go your way. 
Yeah. And just to add to that, though, I, I think you, you have to be a little reflective every once in a while, like maybe once a week and ask yourself, am I doing the right thing? Am I going getting at least a little closer to where I want? Because you can fall into the website trap, right? Where you're working mm. on the website, where you're getting nowhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your website's beautiful, but you've not launched one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think if I think for me, at least right now, what I found is like, keep doing but then every once in a while, reflect whether it's every once once a week and, and, and consider, are you getting closer or getting better at what you want? And, and then from there, adjust. Cause like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I, I'm a huge, um, planner. I'm really type a, and I don't know, I guess there's some downsides to that. Um, but, but I like it. I like it. I'm really like type A and like super anal about damn near everything. And, um, I'm that person. I'm that person who like two times a week, I'm like, okay, what, what did not it's Wednesday now, what on Monday and Tuesday didn't go so well for me? How can I make Tuesday and Thursday better? And I'm that rigid. And, mm. um, I say, I say rigid cause I've always viewed it as that way. Now I love it. Now I've grown into like, um, I guess liking and appreciating some of those things about myself that I didn't really like before. Like I used to wish that I would like loosen up more or that it was more relaxed or more spontaneous. And I'm like, I'm really happy with where I am in my life. Like, like the happiest I've ever been. Um, I have more money than I've ever had and like things key. And, and, and I know some people think talk about money is like weird and gross, but I, I don't, I think good to talk about the things you like and the things you want more of. Yeah, I think so um, too. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy in, in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Think my relationships with my family are great. My friend, like just things are good in my life. And so I think it, it's, even though I, I was like, Oh, I wish I'd be, like I said, I'd loosen up or, or be less like uptight about certain things. I think that me being really like uh like laser focus and being so type a has also led me to make pretty good money and, and kind of do well for myself and definitely better than I thought that I would, um, for myself and, and coming from the kind of background that I did. Um, and so, yeah, now that I kind of see, I'm starting to really see like the fruits of my labor now. Mm. And, um, I'm like, okay, no, those, those characteristics that I didn't like about myself so much are actually strengths. And those are the things that actually helped me get to where I am. And so now I've just embraced it. And it's also allowed me to become more confident too. Wow. So yeah, it, it's all, I don't know. Like I said, I've stumbled into a lot of things. And so, like you said, there's, it's really important to reflect because it's like, okay, well, Hey, how did I get here? You know, yeah. I want to make sure I know how I got here so that I can keep doing more of it. Um, and wow. that I can cut out the things that, that weren't working for me or the things that were distracting or, or causing me to, to regress. But yeah, there is definitely power and reflection. And I, if you're not doing that, I think it's, it's, I think you'll slow your progress if you're not constantly just reflecting and then, and then revising. Mm -hmm. No, I agreed. agreed. That's amazing that you're in that, that, or that part of your life. Are there any, like, so when you reflect, do you, is there any like practices? I know you say you plan a lot, um, or any, anything you did consistently. I mean, I know you just talked about it a lot, but like, if somebody were to ask, I tell you that like Tanji, I'm really like not happy where I am. Um, I feel, I feel like I'm, yeah, it just, how do you, how do I get to where you are? 
is like, if somebody were to ask you, how do I get to where you are? Which it might be a terrible question because it's so general, right? But it's like, what would you suggest? It's so funny because my answer is kind of general too, or, or, or common. Um, and I hate, I hate to even say this answer because I think it's so lame, but, but I, but it's true. Like, so I'm, I'm a big, um, like, I love having a planner and like planning out my year and writing out my goals as corny as it sounds. And everyone says, Oh, write your goals, write your, your one year planning, your five year plan and, and all of that. And, and I, I do that. I do that. Gotcha. I, I write down where I want to see myself. And, um, I, I spend a lot of time just, just writing, just kind of writing. Well, what, what do, what do I want? And it can be that I want an ice cream Sunday tomorrow. Um, I want a new car. I want a big, I don't know. I want a house with a pool. Like, I mean, just everything, everything that I want, I'm constantly writing down the things that I want, the things that I want. And then I always notice what I'm writing down repetitively. Mm -hmm. Um, and the things that are constantly on my list, like my dream trip to Bali that I've wanted to go on for three years. I know every time I write, I'm like, oh, vacation in Bali, vacation in Bali. So I'm like, okay, I really, really, really do want this thing. And so once I notice that I'm constantly, that there are things that are popping up on my wants list repeatedly. Um, and I, I do this probably like twice or three times a week, just cause I enjoy writing. Writing helps my, me get crap out of my brain and, mm-hmm. and, and materialize it into something. Um, and so then I, I make goals for how I want to get there. Okay. My trip to Bali, when do I want it to be? Or that's maybe a more productive example. Um, saving, I want to save $10,000. I want to save $10,000. Okay, well, when do I need to have that saved by? Why do I want to have that $10,000 saved? Okay, well, if I need to have it saved in um, in a year and a half, well, how much money do I need to save every single month so I can save my $10,000? Cool. Well, now I know that I need to save X number of dollars a month. Wow, okay, okay, well, to save X number of dollars a month, what do I need to give up right now? Because right now I'm not saving. I'm not on my way to saving that $10,000. What do I need to give up right now so that I can be on my way to saving that $10,000? Whether it's, um, I don't know, going out to eat less and cooking more in the house or, or shopping less or unsubscribing from, um, I don't know, all the Bath and Body Works emails that, that you get <laughs> and telling you that they're having a sale. Whatever it is, it's some because something that you're, it's, if you want it and you don't have it, mm-hmm. then there's some disconnect. There's something that you're doing or not doing that's preventing you from being there. And so once you realize that you want it and you know why you want it and you know when you want it, then I think you just reverse engineer that process and say, okay, well, hey, what are those steps in between? How do I get there? And I'm very... Wow. You really I'm break rigid. it down. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm super rigid and super routine. Then I have to do something every single day that then works toward that goal. And we're usually working towards several goals at a time. So for me, I need to do something every single day that's working toward all of my goals. Yeah. And, and because then once something becomes a routine, like once you have habits, like patterns, habits, and routines, I think those are the things that lead to success in the long run, because if you're doing something consistently, like we were saying with whatever your creative work is, if you're always putting it out there, something, something good will come out of it. Same thing with your habits. If you have good habits and good routines, something beneficial is sure to come out of it since you're constantly doing it. So yeah, I I, I do that. I, I write that down a lot. And then I live by a planner and I have this really cool planner that I got um, at the end of last year, which I love now because it's really set to like um, goal planning and like what it'll add. It says it like, what did you fail at yesterday? And really? What wow. What is it called? Yeah. What is it's your planner? It's so cool. It's, it's called, I'll go get it actually. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. That'd be great. 
It's been awesome. <laughs> so it's called, oh yeah, it's by, so it's by Rocket Book, I think is what it's Rocket Book. Yeah, I have the Panda Planner just because this is the one that, and I know if anyone's listening on the podcast, they can't see it, but it's so cool. So there's like this little monthly layout. It's also reusable. So all of this, I can like wipe off and reuse mm-hmm. it. And so I don't have to keep like buying planners over and over oh, again. Oh, really? So it's like a laminated yeah. type of deal? Yeah, it's almost like, kind of like if you think of dry erase board, but it's not, I mean, it feels just like pen and paper. So it's super cool. What? So I can reuse it. Um, but you know, so cool. our goals change, right? Like you uh-huh. might've had a certain goal and you're like, actually, that doesn't mean that much to me, or I need to tweak that a little bit. And I love it because here I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can change it. But, um, there's one section in here that I really love. That's been kind of keeping me on track is, um, you, so there's, I say one section, but yeah, so it, it categorizes things like, okay, well, here's everything, family and friends. What are your goals there? Relationships, health, fitness, wealth and finance and all that stuff. And you kind of just almost brain dump all of it over here. And then you pick what's important to you. It just totally guides you on goal setting. Yeah. So it's been really, really helping me. Um, I, I like to track um, my net worth really, really closely. Mm-hmm. And so there's this section here, a roadmap. And so I write down every single Friday, I write down all the dates and every Friday I go in and I have this platform that I use and I check my net worth. And so I can make sure every single week it's going higher because I know by the end of the year, I want my net worth to be a certain amount. So I broke it down by quarter. Well, by each for each quarter, I need my net worth to increase this much. So then I knew every week I need my net worth to increase about this much. And so I write it down to make sure that I'm on track each week. I'm on pace. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Uptight and rigid. That is me. But that stuff is really fun. I I get so excited to do this kind of stuff. No, yeah, yeah, I can tell. I can tell like this works (laughs) for your personality. And I think a lot of people listening, some people listening will, um, they'll be able to relate. They'll be able to say like, oh, that's exactly like me. And yeah. they'll be able to get like this, this, uh, this planner. And, and I think that's, that's amazing. No, thank you for sharing that. I have my own journal, but mine has like blank pages. Um, and I've, I, I've journal a lot, but I consider, I've considered grabbing one of those because I interviewed, um, my best friend's girlfriend and she's got her own blog and it's lady engineering, which is kind of getting bigger. Cool. And, uh, she told me the same thing. Like she's got a planner where it tells her exactly what she's going to do like the whole week. So it's cool yeah. to see the pattern. I like several yeah. people have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it, she's an engineer. So she's pretty probably a little bit has uptight tendencies too, in a good mm. way. And, yeah. and again, it's good. It's good to be that way. And a lot of, you know, we see a lot of really successful people. They they are that way. And so it, it's a, definitely a characteristic that, like I said, I was like, this, this that makes me so lame. And now I'm like, no, this is great. But yeah, sometimes you do need to have something that will kind of guide you. I like you, I journal a lot. I have a ton of just like blank journals and I do a lot of writing and things like that. And then I just have my planner that just tells me how to live my life. I spent a lot of time, you know, at the new year, setting it all up. And I'm just like, okay, well, what's in the planner and, and, and let me do things that way. But I mean, if you think of someone who wants to, um, I don't know, do one of those weightlifting or bodybuilding um, mm-hmm. competitions or something. If that's their big goal and they want to do a bodybuilding competition at the end of the year and they have 12 months to get there, I mean, they're not going to work out sometimes. 
They're not going to work out just when they feel like it or when they think about it, right? They're going to make a point to say, I'm going to make time to do this thing every single day. And I'm sure some rest days, but right. I'm still going to make some time to make sure that my body is getting in shape for the bodybuilding competition. And I'm going to do something that gets me toward that every single day. If they're not doing it every single day, their body won't be at, I don't know, top bodybuilder status. It just Mm -hmm. won't happen because you got to do it every day. So it's just like anything else you want in your life. I think that you have to be doing something that moves you toward that every day, even on days where, you know, we're resting or relaxing, um, like uh, something I like to do. I like to listen to some sort of mindset podcast or read some sort of book. And even if it's like 10 minutes of your day, but every single day, um, I do that. So even on a, a break, even on vacation, even when I'm relaxing, I'm out of town, like that's something that I do every single day. Cause I still think it keeps my mind in the space that I need to be, to be productive and to still, you know, work toward my goals. So yeah, I think you have to develop good habits. I don't really know how to get to where you want to be without it. Personally. Yeah. No, I, and I'm just in awe because it's worked so well for you. And I've heard about this so, so much. And like you, I study this all the time and, um, and it's just cool to see like, Oh, it's working for Tangi. So <laughs> just keep going, just keep going. Just keep going. Um, I, I was gonna, I know, uh, do you have a little bit more time? Cause I know our hour is yeah. up or do you have to go? No, I'm fine. I have to actually let me plug in my computer, but nope, I am. Cool. I'm here. I'm not going to a wedding until tomorrow. So I really have nothing to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, you let me know when you have to go, but it's cause I have so many questions. Cause like, it, this is such an interesting conversation and, um, and, and you've yeah, got, sure. you're so interesting. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm so interesting. I don't get that a lot. Well, I, I do. I get, you're so interesting when I'm doing something kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit weird, but usually it's like, Oh, you're odd. <laughs> you're a little bit strange. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you because you, you talked a lot about um, writing down your wants. And this is a thing that I've been thinking about lately. How do you balance the th- desires um, and, and the present moment with like enjoying now, accepting right now or being happy right now, um, but also still having a lot of desires and a lot of wants, but not letting them overwhelm your life with where it becomes like you are so unhappy because you don't have any of those things. Yeah. That's I I love when people kind of allude to that because I was that person. I was when I knew, okay, these are the things I want out of life. And then I went into this, this space of really being restrictive and, you know, okay, well, I want to build my net worth. I want to have a net worth of this much when, by the time I'm 50, I want to be able to leave this much money to my kids. And then I went into this, like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm not going to spend money on anything. That's not a necessity. And I kind of, I kind of did that for a while, about a year and was so freaking miserable. I I was so like, I I hate, I hated my life. I was not happy. And it was all because I was depriving myself of things. And so, no, I don't believe because I'm a a money freak. I don't believe in squandering um, everything that you have. Um, but I don't believe in depriving yourself because I try to do that just for the sake of saving more money and being able to invest more and all of that. And I just don't think it's sustainable for anyone who val- who, who values, um, you know, happiness in life. So I do think you need to, um, to, to, I hate to say treat yourself because sometimes people take that overboard, but you do need to treat yourself. And I am, um, I had uh, a conversation with one of my aunts years ago and it's, 
it's probably one of the, we talk a lot. So it's one of the um, mm. conversations that she and I had that is, I think it's will always stick with me because it's stuck with me now about 10 years now. Um, and she said, you know, I was a teenager and she's like, you know, as you become an adult and you start to become responsible for yourself, you know, I want you to be smart with how you spend your money and how you make decisions and always learn to separate your needs from your wants. And so she was, she's the one who taught me to write down the things that one of the things I need and also the things that I, that I want and to be able to really know the difference um because sometimes you might think like i don't know you i i used to love getting my nails done i might think oh, i need to get my nails done because i'm going out of town to go to that wedding and it's like no you don't need to get your nails done like you can you can maybe do your own nails maybe you're trying to save money and you're trying to pay off debt and so getting your nails done right now is not is not in the budget um or oh i need to buy um, another pair of shoes. And it's like, well, if you already have a pair of tennis shoes, you don't need to buy another pair of tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. You want to, but you don't need to buy that. And so I would always, the way I used to view everything was like, oh, I need this new shirt. I need this new dress. I need to go to this restaurant and spend way too much money. I need to do all those things. And she's like, no, 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 no. You need to learn to separate your needs from your wants. And she would say, make sure your needs are met you know, your true needs, right? Your, your, your food, your housing, whatever that is, your true needs are met and look at your list of wants and treat yourself to one of those things. And wow. I started off doing that because I was in a space where I was, you know, done with graduate school and I was trying to pay off all, you know, get out of debt really quickly. And so I was really laser focused on trying to, um, you know, save as much money as I could because of that. And then once I became debt free and also started to have more, more, more income, um, now I'm in a space where I allow myself to have more wants, but I'm still really strict about my budget. And so I can't have all of my wants. And so I still have the long list <laughs> of things that I want. And, um, the things again, that, that keep kind of, um, you kind of feel it, they're kind of popping out at you all the time, or you kind of, you're starting to feel this urge, then those are the things that I will allow myself to work toward. Um, and like I said, I'll have things on my list of wants. And then I look a few weeks later and I don't want that thing anymore. And so something also has to be on my wants list for a while before I go and, and uh, get it purchase yeah. it or, you know, partake in it. Yeah. It has to be on my list because my wants change all the time. And, um, but yeah, I think literally writing down the things you want, even if it's like, I want, it could be, I don't know, I want a new pair of glasses or it could be something like I, I want to buy, I want to buy a new red hat, I, whatever it is, you mm -hmm. know, but just something, it could be small. It could be grand. I want to go on a trip to London. It could be that. But if you notice that the same things keep popping up over and over again, and those are the things that you do want. Those are the things that if you were to invest and spend your money on them, you probably wouldn't regret, but you also want to make sure that you are in a space to actually um, just to spend that money. You know, yeah. you may want a Maserati and that might be on your list of wants every single month and it keeps popping up. But if you, you know, you're still trying to get out of debt or maybe you have a big goal to buy a house. Well, right now buying that Maserati is not, it's not something you should work toward because you have, you're not, you're not there yet. You have other things to work on. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important to just writing them down because I think when you write things down, you're able to, to really identify like, Hey, that's not, that's not a need. New shoes are not a need. 
I just because I've had I, I, I don't know, just because I've had the same pair of Nikes for three years and I want the new cool Nikes like I don't need new Nikes. These do just fine. And so being able to um, um, what's what's the word just kind of almost like um, I guess be patient and, and, and tell yourself to wait um, mm. and not be so impulsive with those things. I think yeah. that's important. Um, in, in not, in not going overboard, but you can't deprive yourself. You won't be happy that way. So even if the only want you can afford is a $5 ice cream sundae, fine, indulge in that, indulge, indulge in that give yourself something that's going to make you happy and keep you happy in the space that you are. And as you move further along, you know, maybe though that you can buy more of your wants, but I think that you have to reward yourself constantly you know you people we all work really really hard we all work really hard and we all deserve something yeah no it's uh i i I completely agree and i can see how like your your whole plan of like how you plan out your year ties into all the your wants because if if it's not in the scope right if one of your wants is like outside of the scope of like uh kind of your money system i see how that like you you automatically all right well that's not a viable want right now right I see how everything's flowing for you. I like yeah. it. I like it. That's so smart. That's like it's so cool that you have that that system. Um, and you you, you I think you re, you should read that book. You're gonna really enjoy uh, Scott Adams's oh, wow. book. Yeah, I will. I will, and and recommend it to other people because I'm I'm that person. I'm like, hey, I bought you this book for Christmas. And I'm like, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't want it, but I don't care. I, I I love to kind of force it down people's throat, and then and then. I'll get some more. Hey, I read that book that you gave me two years ago. And oh my gosh, it was great. So I'm always looking also for new book gift ideas. Mm-hmm. To, gotcha. To this is going to be your, well, let me know if this is your new one. I feel yeah. like it is. It <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually excited. I already know the people I want to, I want to gift this to, um, including myself. So I am really excited. To, to check um, it out. You know, uh, just to bring it back to, to studying abroad, I, I was wondering if you, were you one of the people, did you ever plan on bungee jumping? No, I didn't plan on bungee jumping. I wanted to skydive. Did you skydive? I did skydive. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering, I, yeah, uh-huh. I was wondering if, um, cause there was a lot of people that wanted to bungee jump and they didn't. And I was going to ask you if you were one of them, why didn't you? Um, I don't know. But okay. <laughs> I, and I, I wonder too, I, I think, I think some of us, well, I knew people who wanted to skydive and didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it, some people, it was like, you know, that last minute fear that, or like the, Ooh, this idea sounds exciting. Oh my yeah. gosh, I want to do it. And you get closer to having to do it. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's scary. Or even sometimes, um, then there's the money thing. Sometimes people are just like, oh, I don't want to pay for that. How I am, you know, I'm super budget conscious um, mm-hmm. and, and aware of my money and how much is coming in and how much is going out. Um, but I do think it is, I spend money on experiences like that. That's yeah. when you, you won't see me buying a lot of purses and shoes and like designer things. Like that's not, I'm just like not into it. I don't care. Um, but you'll, I spend, I'll spend a lot of money <laughs> on travel and, and fun experiences. Um, and so that's my thing. But so I, you know, it, it might be like a situation where, Oh, this is kind of expensive. Should I do it? And I know some people that'll be a no for them. Maybe they don't value that. For me, I'm like, well, if it can fit in the budget, even if it is expensive, like I'm going to go do it. So, um, but I do, I think that sometimes fear is something that stops people. And I think money is something that stops a lot of people from doing 
various things. I mean, sometimes money will stop someone from just choosing to study abroad in the first place. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think that you can be frivolous with money. I don't think it's ever smart to just be impulsive with a big, uh, maybe a financial decision like traveling or studying abroad. Um, but I think there's always a way to there's, there's, you can always find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I think that you will gain more from making it work than you will by you maybe not spending the money or, or not applying. Yeah. You know, not, not the the experience will, will push you. It'll help your life more than not doing it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think more will come out of it almost like an investment for sure. But yeah. Why do you prefer experiences over, um, like, what is it about these experiences for you personally? Yeah. Yeah. I think traveling too is what taught me how much I value those things. Um, growing up or kind of before I really got to travel, the things that I did that did excite me. Um, and of course I'm like a kid or a teenager, whatever. I don't have any money, (laughs) but it would be things like, Oh my gosh, look at that new, this designer came out with the, the new, whatever, whatever. Like I found myself being excited about material things. Of course mm-hmm. I wasn't working. I didn't have any money. I couldn't afford any of them, but I think that that was probably that those were things that I probably would have found value in had I not started traveling and seeing how much fun I had and how much joy it brought me. Um, I, I think that I probably would have been someone who was maybe a little bit more material, not materialistic. And I don't think it's even bad to be materialistic, but mm-hmm. I think I'm someone who would have valued material things more than experiences. If I hadn't traveled and had really great experiences, yeah. it was, um, my high school trip to Italy, which was great. Cause we got to go to, um, we went to, um, all, like, a we kind of went almost like top, top to bottom. Cause Italy is wow. so small. You can do a lot of Italy, um, on one trip. And so we were, um, we were in Venice, which I just think Venice is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And we got to go to Florence, Rome, um, and Pompeii, Herculaneum, Tuscany, and just see all different types, all different, just all of Italy and, and, and seeing how each city is so different. And it was great. Cause it was a place that I grew up wanting to go to because, um, I, one of my favorite shows used to be Lizzie McGuire in the Lizzie McGuire movie, they went to Rome. And so I was like, (laughs) I always wanted to go to Italy. And when I was able to, um, it was just like, it was my first time. I was super excited. Um, there was a lot of culture shock, a lot of things to adjust to, but I just, I, I fell in love with, with Italy. And, and I was like, this is so cool to do something. So, so just new and really no one in my family had really gone abroad much, you know, Mexico, but we're, we're in Texas. So going yeah. to Mexico, that is traveling and that is going abroad, but, but it's going different. to break in Cancun yeah. is a little different than, you know, or, or than maybe going to like, let's say Oaxaca or, you know, just, just somewhere that's not Cancun. Because Cancun is very like touristy and catered for like Americans, right? Yeah. 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 And so a lot of my family, they, they've been there, but, and then, and that's great. You know, that's great. I still have yet to go to Cancun. So I, I'd like to, but, um, those were most of the experience that they kind of had to share with me. And so I went and did something that was kind of just completely different and even outside of their comfort zone too. And didn't really want me to do it either. My parents didn't really want me to go. Um, how but did you was, deal with that? I, so maybe because I'm not the most social, um, person, I don't usually care a lot. (laughs) Like even with my family, I love them, but 
I very much like once I want something, I'm like, I don't care what you say. I like tune it out and turn it off. Even as a minor, like I'm just like, I don't care. La, 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 la. Mom, <laughs> I want to do. And um, my mom, my mom's passed away and she was always a little bit more supportive. My dad is still with me, luckily. And he's still no matter like everywhere I go. Like I went to Colorado a few weeks ago and he was like, OK, you be careful. You, you know, and he travels for work now. He travels for work. And I'm like you travel all the time. What are you talking about? But he always gets really antsy when I go somewhere and do something. And I'm like, whatever, dad, I don't want to hear it. Do what I want to do. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much, um, not so heavily influenced, Mm -hmm. um, by people around me. I listen, I I definitely listen to what people have to say, but when I know something is good for me and it's going to be fun, it's going to be enjoyable. I'm going to do it now. Things that are new, like I want to buy a new car later this year. I know nothing about that. So I'm going to say, Hey dad, will you please come with me? Hey dad, will you help me? Because he has more experience in that. And Mm -hmm. I might make a mistake and he may be able to protect me from that. So, you know, I, 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 I know when to, to let the advice of others seep, seep in. And then I also know when to tune it out and say, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. So, um, I'm, I'm very good about selfish. I'm kind of selfish. Um, and not at the detriment, like I don't hurt people or, or, or anything like that, but I'm very much like, no, it's all of my happiness. Like is number one for me. It's all about me and I'm going to do what I want to do. And I don't care what you have to say about it. As long as no one's being hurt, you know, in the process, Yeah, I have an easy time. Well, I think, I think that's why, I think that's why you're so happy. At least that's my theory, because that's kind of like, I, I believe that to give your happiest version to other people, you have to be first happy yourself. You have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. Agreed. I agree with you there. I, yeah. And, and I, I I try to convince myself more that that, that it's okay to be that way. I think it's, you know, selfish has such a negative connotation and I get told I'm selfish a lot. Um, um, but I, but I, but I do, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I, in my mind, selfish is if I, um, I don't know. Like I, I, again, I'm doing something at at the detriment of another, like Mm -hmm. I, I cheat you out of something because it, you know, of, I will gain, but if I'm doing what I want to do just because I want to do it, or if I say, no, Caesar, I don't want to hang out with you um, on Friday just because I want to go home and do a face mask and watch TV. Like I do those things and I don't view, I don't view it as selfish because I'm like, no, it's for me. It's self-care. And, yeah. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, well, you don't want to go to dinner with everyone. It's like, no, I, actually I don't. I don't. And I think it's okay for people to say, no, if you want to go to dinner, go to dinner. I I had that this weekend. Um, a friend of mine had a birthday weekend and I'm all about celebrating your birthday all weekend. I like to celebrate my birthday all month, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to celebrate your birthday all weekend. I just want to go to one festivity Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no. And other people went to everything. I'm like, well, I'm so tired and okay, well, we got to go to sleep tonight. Cause then the brunch is tomorrow. And then after the brunch, you know, we're going to the bar and there's the dinner. And I'm like, no, why? Like, you don't even want to do that. You don't sound excited about it. You're taking away time that you could go be doing something else productive because there are other things that you'd like to do, but you're going to force yourself to go do all of this because you're trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's silly. It's like, a, it's a way of lying to yourself and yeah. to other people. And, but it's like so accepted in our culture to just lie. You know, it's like these white it's little lies. Light. Yeah. But you, you put yourself in a box. Like for me, I've been so many situations where like, yeah, I, like you said, I don't, it's not that I 
it's just that I want to do something else, but I force myself to go somewhere because I feel like it's the the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And of course, like you, like you're, you know, for big things, I'm there for big things, but it's not, it's not what we're saying. Right. It's like, it's kind of like you're there for people, but, but then I, I think there are, in our culture, it's accepted to just put yourself second and then mm-hmm. your happiness second. And then it's just kind of like a, a thing that just keeps on going and going. And, and then you're unhappy. At least that's been the case mm-hmm. for me. And, and I think I'm happier when I say more no to more things, you know, yeah. when I'm very selective on what I say yes. And you seem to be very good at saying no. How do you say no to friends? Because this is even a thing that I struggle with still. Yeah. And I try and I'm sometimes I try to sugarcoat it. I'm like, no, because of and sometimes I say a lie. <laughs> I don't know why I lie. I'm like, why yeah. did I do that? Because I I feel bad just saying no, but I feel like that's not wrong either. But I don't how do you do it? No. Yeah. Um, I like what you mentioned about have people putting their own happiness second. I think that's why we have so many people who are miserable. A lot of people are very miserable and don't enjoy life. And some of them, and, and I know there's so many circumstances as to why one could be unhappy or unsatisfied with their life. And I know a lot of times things are out of our control, but there are a lot of people, at least that I know personally who are unhappy with their lives and it's entirely their fault. Mm-hmm. Like it's all their fault. Like there's something, even if they're like, I don't make enough money or I don't, so-and-so is not nice to me. And I'm like, I don't care. Like there's, there's always something that they can do in their life there, to make themselves happier and they're not doing it. And so I'm like, no, you're here because of you, like, this is your fault. Um, and I think that if more people were okay with saying, well, no, why should I have to be miserable just so that I can please the next person, like, like you said, like, shouldn't I be happy first? Because if I'm happy, I can be a much better person to my family and to my friends. And I can just really pour into them even more Mm -hmm. if I take care of me first. And I think, um, to answer your question, I think what got me to that space and it happened kind of young. So when my mom died, my mom died when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I was just like in such a dark place. I was really miserable. And my first couple years of college, I had a really hard time and I didn't, um, I actually didn't even make any friends. (laughs) Like my first two years of school, I was just going to school because I had to, I had to go to class to, to, to pass and to not get, you know, to to not fit flunk out of school or whatever. So I was kind of just going through the motions and really, really like deep in my grief. And I was super close to my mom. And, um, because I'm the youngest, I was just, I was the only one living at home still. Like it was just she and I for a very long time. And, um, after my mom died, like I just, it took me a really long time to climb out of the dark space that I was in. And, and I was in a really deep depression. And then because I spent a couple of years, like not really, um, like socializing, mm-hmm. um, and interacting with people, even as I started to kind of get healthier mentally. Um, and I wasn't as, you know, dealing, wasn't dealing with depression as much. Um, but I, then I kind of developed a little bit of social anxiety and I would get so nervous, like around people. Like I would, I remember being in class sometimes, you know, UT big school, some of those classes are are large. I remember being in some classes, you know, where the class size is a few hundred people and being, there's one class in particular. And I, I, forget the geography of the campus now, but I know exactly where it was. And I remember walking down and, um, cause you know, one of those auditorium style classrooms. And so you kind of walk yeah. in from what top you go down oh, yeah. and, um, I, oh, I'm a nerd. So I have to sit at the front of the classroom. So I'm maybe <laughs> like the, 
the fourth row or so. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'm having a good day. Like it's fine. And, and I didn't have a lot of good days um, early on. And so I was like, yeah, it was a great day. It's fine. I think it was an astronomy class, Dr. Finkelstein, Finkelstein or something was his name. And I remember um, I'm there and I'm there early and it's great. And then I can hear like the chatter of like other people coming in into the auditorium and like, I hear the footsteps and people's voices and I'm like looking and it's, it's cause when I got there, I mean, there weren't, there weren't that many people and it's huge. So it's all spread out. It felt great. And I'm like, Oh my God, people are coming. Like, what, what is going on? And I just remember <laughs> I started sweating. I felt so hot. I was sweating and you know, those classrooms are cold. And then I just started breaking out in hives, like on my chest and like oh, wow. heavy breathing. I just got so uncomfortable and no one was even talking to me. It was just like people were talking and they were near me. And I was like, there's, there's people. And I was freaking out and it would happen sometimes too in conversations where, um, maybe it's a kind of a small group conversation and I'm like, oh my gosh, the attention's on me. And what if I say something stupid and there's four other people. And what if they think I'm crazy? Like, I just was in so just like, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't function. And, um, I did have a wonderful therapist at that time and she really helped me a lot and um, started doing a lot of yoga and meditation. And I was doing a lot mm-hmm. of things to actively kind of get out of that. Um, but I spent so many years in this like miserable space. And then this just weird and just constantly uncomfortable um, space. And then when I was able to come out of it, I was just like, I am only doing things that make me happy. Like I've been so unhappy for so long and really unhealthy for so long. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't work that hard to get out of that, to go and please other people now. Like I got to the space to, to please me. And so then I think going through all of that just really made me prioritize my own health, my own well-being, and my own happiness. And so it is super easy for me to be like, nope, not doing that. Now, wow. sometimes I don't want to do things, but if it's a graduation dinner, a birthday dinner, you know, the special things, I'm like, I don't really want to go do that today, but it's your big moment. So I will go be there for you yeah. on that day. Um, but no, I'm not going to go. Um, to all the 10 restaurants you want to go to on your birthday weekend. I'll go to one and (laughs) I'll pick the thing I want to do so I can support you and it'll be all about you, but I'm not doing all of that because it's, it's not producing happiness in me. Now being there for you on your day does make me happy, Mm -hmm. but spending the entire weekend doing that stuff does not. So I won't do that part. So it's gotten to the point now, I think, my friends and family, they just know how I am. You know, now it's just like, don't even try to get hurt. You know, like they just know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just tell them that I, I just tell them like, I, I, I've worked too hard to try to be happy. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to sacrifice that. And I think by having those really honest conversations with people, they're just like, okay, I, okay. I guess I get it. You know, they're usually like, well, yeah, it, it's not what they would do. Maybe they are the person to just like, go out all the time and accept every invitation and that's what they want to do. And, um, but they're like, okay, well that's how you are. And so now it's gotten to a space. It's been so long that they just know, (laughs) they just know that I'm, you know, I'm not going to overexert myself and and I'm also an introvert too. So I do like to be kind of inward and and alone and doing my Mm -hmm. own thing. But yeah, I think you should never be afraid to, to say no. I think when you say yes to other people for everything and yes to every invitation, I think that is a sure way to deplete yourself of all of your energy. And if you don't 
have anything left for you, then how are you going to progress? Right. If you're, if you're tired all the time, um, if you have no energy or maybe you have no more time, you spend all your free time doing something else, doing something for someone else or trying to please someone else. Well, then where is your time for you to start that business you were trying to start? Now you don't have energy to, you know, plan out your, your podcast for this week because you're so exhausted from, from all the festivities on the weekend that you didn't even want to partake in. So now you aren't working toward achieving your goals because you had to go please someone else. And I promise, I promise that in the grand scheme of things, like, I think if you ask them two years later, they won't remember like whether you were there or not at, Mm. at, at everything they invited you to. They'll remember if you were never around for sure, but they won't remember if you missed, um, I don't know, drinks at the bar, um, on that random Thursday that you didn't, that wasn't planned. Um, they won't remember if, you know, there was a group of 10 who went out to eat and you didn't go that one time. They're not, they're not going to remember it, but you will notice the difference if you aren't taking care of yourself and making sure that you're rested and making sure that you're taking care of your energy and making sure that you're working toward the things that mean something to you. So, it's it's it, I to me it's a no brainer. I'm like no, I'm gonna do what I want to do, and and I'm gonna buy you a good gift though. Only <laughs> today. I'll be here this one time. This is gonna be the best present, and you are not gonna see me for the rest of the month. And so yeah, I I, I think it's definitely if you're not that type of person who can say no, it, that should be one of your big goals for the year learn to say no to people and learn to be okay with it and not feel, cause I do not feel bad at all. When, when this I say is no, the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I, I don't feel bad because I know that when I try to do that, then I'm miserable. I, I actually, I tried this weekend. I tried cause I'm like, okay, maybe I am too. Maybe I am mean. So I went to, on, I went to brunch on Saturday and it was a restaurant I wanted to go to anyway. I was like, great. I get to check out this restaurant. I've been thinking about, I get to go be supportive of my friend's birthday, hang out with some people. It's going to be great. And, um, then the next day I went with, a, cause a friend was going to like lunch with them. And I was like, why? But the friend was like, oh yeah, come to lunch with me. And I was like, didn't really want to there. I, it was a type of cuisine that I don't even really eat. I was just like, no, this is dumb, but I wasn't actually doing anything else. It was my like day to do nothing. And I was like, okay, fine. And then we get there. And the minute I sit down at the dinner table, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> this is not fun. I don't like this. And that it, it just reminded me of why I only do things I want to do. Cause I was like, well, no, I'm not enjoying myself here. The, the food, even the people who normally like that restaurant, like the food wasn't good. And the service was weird. It was just like a weird day. And I was like, really, I forced myself to come out so I can try to look nice. And then I'm miserable. And hell, even the birthday boy is miserable because it's, you know, it just, it just wasn't a good time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could have just stayed home. I could have been sleeping. I could have been washing my hair. I could have been planning out my goals for next week. You know, it was just like, there are so many other things I could have been doing that would have pleased me. But, you know, at the detriment of my own happiness, I tried to go do something else and I was miserable the whole time. And had I not been there that day, really nobody probably, you know, they would have noticed I wasn't there that day, but you ask them six months from now, nobody would have cared. You know, one would have remembered. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, a few days ago, I tried to do that whole be nice to make other people happy. And it was just like, nope, <laughs> this is this is why I don't do this. But no, I don't think that you should feel bad because your friends and people who care, 
if you're, if you're hanging out with the right people and you mm-hmm. have the right circle, they'll also get it. Like they'll understand, okay. Um, my friend is trying to save up for a down payment on a house. I understand she's not going to go drink alcohol. Alcohol is expensive. She's not going to go drink alcohol with us three days a week because she's saving her money. Or we know not to invite her to go to shopping trips with us because she's saving money for her house. We love our friend and we want her to buy a house. So we're going to support her in that and not give her a hard time about it. If I know my friend is starting their podcast and they work um, a corporate job. And so Friday and Saturdays are the days that they you know, really record most of their podcast episodes. I'm not going to be mad if you don't come to brunch on Saturday, because I know that you're trying to work on this podcast. That's important to you. I want to see you be successful in that. So I'm not going to bother you on Fridays and Saturdays because I know those are your podcasting days. So I think that if you have the right people around you, they won't make you feel bad because they'll understand your vision and they'll understand what the big goal is and they'll respect that you're not going to always be around or be at everything. And so when you say no, they'll know that you still love them. They know that you love them. They know you support them, but they know, no, she's not going to come out He or she, they're they're not going to come out with me four days a week. They're they're working on, they're building something. They're building something. So I think if you have the people around you who are just like, well, why you, why won't you come out? But you're never here, blah, blah, blah. Those are probably not may, those may not be the people that you want to roll with for the rest of your life, because I don't, and it doesn't mean that they're bad either or mm-hmm. that they don't care about you, but they just don't get it. You yeah. need to be around people who get it. Wow. I'm like, so like, I don't know what word the right word is right now. I'm motivated, inspired. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, wow. Cause like, this is exactly kind of like the situations that um I, I've been working on this for a long time. And I think, um, historically I've kind of been a guy who says no sometimes a lot, but I've also been very compromising and I've seen how it's like, it's like I make a little bit of progress, but I never fully commit. And you hearing you speak about it, I'm like, oh man, like (laughs) I should just go all the way, like just commit. And, and, and it requires a level of honesty that I love. I just really believe in, in this, this whole living a life of honesty, of like true honesty. You're not doing it for malicious intent. You're not doing it because you don't, it's, it's like out of pure intention. And, yeah. but it's like, so brave. And I think you're, I think you're fucking awesome, Tanji. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> lack of Thank better you. words. Cause that's, that's, so that's just so inspiring uh, to me. And it's kind of what I want to be and hearing you talk about it. Um, it's so reassuring and I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a move here and like push it even a little further. Yeah. Be that way. Be that way. I love hearing you say all these great things about me because like, again, I get that you're mean, you're selfish. And I, I know out of the people, at least that, that love me and get it, I still get teased as being that, but they still, again, they still understand. Um, but I, I think that it's like, so for example, I have friends who I love, 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 love. Like I, I want to be in their lives just like until, until the day we die. And some of them I see twice a year. And um, now some live in different places, but there are some who live in the same city as me. And I'm like, I'll see them maybe two, maybe three times a year. So always birthdays. And then maybe it's like, I actually do have the time or they, it's like, Hey girl, I haven't seen you. Let's go to dinner in three weeks. (laughs) It's it's plenty of time for me to like (laughs) make space for it, mentally prepare for it. And it's what, you know, like I have it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to treat you to dinner. Cause I know, I know I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the friend you're going to see even every single week. I'm not that 
person. And it's just, and again, I'm, I'm an introvert. So I don't really want to see a lot of people that I love, I love the people in my mm-hmm. life, but I'm like, no, I kind of just want to, I like to see my family about once a week and yeah, friends, I, I can go, uh, couple months in between and still love them a hundred percent. And they know that. And so I do make sure that the time that I do see them again, it's your birthday. Great. I'm going to get you a bomb ass gift. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Let me take you to dinner. I know that I am not the most um, present in terms of spending time with people. So when I do, I like to just treat them well when, when I'm with them. So they know, okay, yeah, she does love me. It's uh, even though I don't see her all the time. She does love me. She does care about me. She's thinking of me. And so that's been something that I've probably done more in the last like year or so, because I don't, um, I don't feel bad again about saying no or declining invitations, but I also don't want the people that mean a lot to me to not know it. I don't Mm -hmm. want people to feel anyone that's like, Oh, I, Oh, like, Oh, you do love me. Like, I don't want that to ever be a question. I want you to know, I love you hundred percent. I support you hundred percent. And I'm here for you, even though I'm not always lingering around, you know, face to face, but, but I do love you. And so it, that's been something that I've been working to be better at, to make sure that the time I do spend with the people I care about is quality and that I am like, just focus on them hundred percent and treating them or, you know, it's mm-hmm. let's go to your favorite restaurant. I'm going to buy and, you know, we'll do what you want to do. And, and I'm just here, I'm just here to be to, to, to be here, you know, to be there for you. So that's something that I've been trying to do because I do think there was a period of time where people are just like, okay, she's just uninterested. Okay. She just doesn't care anymore. And that's not what I, the impression that I want anyone that I love, that's not the impression that I want to give off. So it works a little bit better when you come with, when you, when you buy people their dinner and then they're just like, okay, you do like me. And that's, that's, I think that's the big skill in saying no. How do you maintain the relationship healthy? while still like saying no, which is why I asked the question. And I, I, I didn't even think of that. Like, cause some, some people, you know, that they, they, they know that they're loved when they, that you give them things, you know, or, and then like some, for some people it's like quality time or like telling them like mm-hmm. things that you appreciate them. So I think if that's a pretty cool strategy of like, if you hit all of those at once in one big way, um, that's awesome. Cause that even gives me, um, that's, that's so amazing. Wow. Okay. We've done uh, an hour and 40 minutes. Um, thank you so much for your time. Cause I know you're, you're very careful of your time. Thank you so much, Tanji. Um, just last question. I know we haven't talked about study abroad for a while now, but <laughs> if you were to give, um, if you could write a message on every boarding pass of, a of all the students who are traveling for the first time on their boarding pass, if there could be a one like sentence message. So basically if you could give them all a message before they go on their first study abroad, what would it be? Oh man. On, on one boarding pass. What? That's just like one, one sentence. You could <laughs> <laughs> Not paragraphs and paragraphs. Um, well, it I could be long. Say. It could be long. It could be a long <laughs> message, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, just write really small. Um, I would probably write. <laughs> it sounds like a weird sentence, but keep doing it. Mm. Like keep doing it. Like let this be the first of many, you know, that's not not all of this, but keep doing is probably what what I'd write. And then let this be the first of many. And just meaning that make, again, make this a part of your life, make this a part of your lifestyle. You're going to fall in love with it. It's going to be wonderful. And, and don't be that person who like we've, we've, we've met them people who they traveled a lot for 
a period of their time and they stopped and they miss it. Don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Just no. keep doing it. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. Tanja, you're awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to find you, where can they find you at your socials? Um, yeah. What are your yeah. socials? So um, I, my just Tangy Seals. <laughs> you Tangy can Seals. find me on Instagram, Tangy cool. Seals. Um, and even on, I'm on Twitter. I don't really tweet a whole lot, but I just follow the news on Twitter. But still, like if you DM me on Instagram or Twitter, I'll get it and I will always respond to you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, well, green light, new episodes of the dose of Caesar come out every week. So make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. If you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe. If you want to connect with me, or if you just want some extra doses of Cesar, of Caesar, of Cesarine Bingweed, then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called The Caesar Encyclopedia, where I share what I learn every week. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time. Thank you.